So you should, uh, I'm told, okay, so there's a gun in my head right now, and I'm told you should really listen to the top five pod- comic podcast um, by a man who promises not to pull the trigger if I say my name as well, which is Ben Templesmith. Um, this message has been brought to you by a, a hostage video. If you're hearing this now, I, am, I may be dead. But I love you all, and listen to the podcast. That's what he's telling me to say. All right, he's putting the gun down. Thank you. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master disaster, Josh45. Hello. The second suitor, Mr. Tyler Brown. Hello there. And I'm CBS. Also, hello there. Yes, you are. (laughs) Today, after multiple attempts, (laughs) we are doing episode number 193. And books we're going to be going over today is uh, Exterminators number one from Marvel Comics, Vanish number one from Image Comics, and Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead from DC Comics. And then we'll have an interview uh, afterwards with uh, Mr. Ben Templesmith. This is from the uh, Denver Comic Con 2022. Uh, fantastic guy. Awesome, awesome dude to talk to. So really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but before all that, we have a little bit of news. What's in the news? What's in the news? Well, I have just one piece, and that is the... Probably the biggest piece, I think. But Coolio died? Oh, man. That's such a bummer. I know that you weren't going to say anything. I was not. It just happened, so you have to say something. Coolio, rest in peace, my man. One of the good ones. You know, one of those good 90s rappers that you never heard, you know, slander about. Didn't he do a cooking show, too? I think he did, yeah. Yeah. And then I know he did a lot. He was really into um, coaching, because I know he coached. They did a... It was like Coolio and the gang, and it was him and his family, and he did, did a lot of coaching um, for his son's uh, football or baseball. I, I forget, but yeah. Rest rest in peace, Coolio. So sad. Uh, my only thing I have is uh, Deadpool 3 has been announced uh, late 2024, and Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine for it. Yeah, I mean, I've got a pretty fantastic little commercial with uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. It's hilarious. There's been a couple now. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. A lip reader has read what they said because they, you know, mummed everything out or whatever, played some kind of music over it. And apparently it's just them describing a fight scene between the two of them and, you know, slicing and they're both healing and blah, blah, blah. So we didn't, we didn't miss anything major. That's fine. It is. Well, I mean, after all this time, I mean... Uh, Okay, let's let's get to it. That's awesome. It'll be again. I think it'll be interesting in the MCU. I hope that we get some kind of mutant or more mutant mutants rather um, into it, and, and kind of how how we get there, rather than oh, we're in the MCU now, and here's Wolverine. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, how how did that happen? So, well, I mean, there's a lot of time between here and there as far as movies are concerned, but. I kind of wonder if it's going to be something that's in its own. So not the MCU? Yeah. Okay. It's still the Deadpool universe. I'd be cool with that. So I guess we'll see where it lands. I mean, if it winds up being a true sequel, the bridge between A and B, it's not like we can't get there. I mean, there's lots of movies between now and then. So, I mean, who knows? But as a thing, I'd almost say that if it sits in that universe that way, 
I'm more likely than not. Sure. That makes sense. Just because there's so much space between here and there. And I mean, as far as mutants are concerned, we maybe have two right now. Maybe. And that's, they're both like deniable pretty easy. Wait, who do we have? Ursa from uh, Black Widow. The bear. The bear, according to the actor. The yes. bear. And Miss Marvel. <sighs> I still haven't watched that. Yeah, there you go. I am enjoying She Hulk, though. You know, I am too, but I, I haven't watched the newest episode, so. It's pretty good. I, I, I am enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. It's, it's pretty good. I know you're really high on it, Josh. She-Hulk. I started high on it. I'm not so much anymore. Oh, really? It's just. Mm, they just don't do anything well. Everything, and it's just like. Wah, wah. They try to be three different things. It's like a superhero thing, like it's a it's like a crime thing and a buddy chick story. And it's just like it doesn't do any of them well. It tries to do all three, and it just it fails at all three of them. In my opinion, I, think I don't that, know. I, no, uh, I, no, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Like again, stick with one as much tone. Crap as you guys give me about like hating on stuff, like most of the time my assessments are pretty good. No, yeah, and my breakdown of stuff. And I don't refer to the Care Bears when I don't like something. Sure, I, I have real, I have real funny. reasons. <laughs> no, it's I, a real, I, it's a real reason. I'm not. Well, I, I agree with you on some stuff, but I, that's a that's a astute observation. I guess I never noticed it before, but you're right. It's not all in on one concept, and it also feels like they're slamming a lot of how many people can we, how many other heroes because they got what Titania and then this newest episode. Well, I won't spoil that because you haven't seen it. Just have to wait till we do a whole episode on it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're just slamming a lot of how many different Marvel characters. There's a lot of cameos. In yeah, it? I mean, there's yeah. that joke about it being a cameo show. So I mean, yeah. She. Knows I like it. her as that. The, the. I mean, as just we'll do an episode on that. Yeah. But just my opinion on it. Everybody hates on her. No, she. She's I great. like her. Yeah, a I lot. do too. I do too. I think she's really good. Oh, the actress. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. She's really good. Well, everybody hated on it first. They're like, "Oh, she doesn't make any sense for blah 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 blah." Then I lost it, but no, like she's great in Orphan Black. Like that show is amazing. Yeah, I know you're you're pretty big on that. Yeah, I never, I never watched it. I haven't even should. It's a BBC show. It's I probably won't about clone sci-fi. I probably won't. No, that's interesting. You won't watch anything we ask him to. Mm, also true. <laughs> also true. Also true. Well, man. So uh, Beverly Hills Cop Four. Has made another announcement about people that are in it. So, uh, returning cast, we still have Judge Reinhold and Jason Aston. So, the original, uh, two buddy cops for Mr. Axel Foley. Paul Reiser is going to be in it as well. I'm sure a cameo. I mean, no different than probably same, you know, what he's done in all the other movies. Well, he's his buddy from Detroit. Yeah. Um, but they also added, um, as of like, I think today, uh, Kevin Bacon. Really? Add to the cast as well. well. I saw that, and I think Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was, was, was going to say, yeah, before, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, they yeah. both announced. So, yeah, Gordon-Levitt, there's one other person that is a name name. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the whole thing, I guess, is going to be called uh, Beverly Hills Cop and then Axel Foley. And it is going through Netflix, so I guess we'll see what that means. Um, but, at, like, as a thing, I, I don't know. I'm stoked. I think another Beverly Hills Cop would be awesome. I like the... I mean, I like the other three, even though the, the third one's kind of. Uh. I don't think I've ever seen two and three. I've oh seen, man, I've seen I've seen three. one and it's fine. I, I mean, it, I like it. Huff would say otherwise, but three's garbage. Is it? Like, I mean, it's not good. I don't. It's it's okay. pr- it's pretty rough, but two's fantastic. Okay. 
One and two go together real smoothly. Okay. They do. Three was a little bit too far away from the other ones, and this may be the same problem. Well, this would technically be a part of uh, Eddie's whatever mega deal with Netflix, right? Well, coming to America was great. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see it. So was uh, I, I've seen the original Dolomite. Dolomite was fantastic as well. I didn't watch Dolomite either. Yeah, so I, I think this will be fine. I think I think the third one was just like I don't think he necessarily wanted to do it, and it might have been a money grab at the time. Gotcha. I, you know, and but Huff loves it. I don't know why. It's like based around an amusement park, so it's kind of like, eh. I mean, you'd have to just watch it. Like, okay. it's actually, you might as well watch it to, I mean, I'll watch a, it. as a thing. Right. I'm surprised you've seen any of them, actually. I've seen the first one. Because they were made in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a topic for a different show. Uh, speaking of something we brought up on a different show that we should probably bring up on here, and that is that Constantine is getting a sequel with Keanu Reeves. That's right. So I guess we'll see what that means, really. But I mean, we've talked about. I think we, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not. No, we talked about it about, on that Matt, um, that Ryan just being like a perfect Constantine. So like that's kind of right. a sad loss. But I mean, a sequel to that movie. I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't hate that movie, but it's not really Constantine compared to the comics. But it's just John Wick was like with demons, supernatural powers. I like it. Pre pre John Wick, yeah, I like it. No, it'll be interesting to see what it, what they do. And I don't know. Visually, everything that happened in the movie was good. Story wise, the story is okay. Also, the best portrayal of the devil, in my opinion, ever. I love. Uh, what is his name? Oh man, he's the Swedish guy. I don't remember his name. He's in everything. I'll get it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. He's fantastic. One of the best depictions of the devil for for me. One of my favorites. Well, and everything with Archangel, like all that, all that stuff looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So, like, visually, that movie is fantastic. Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel, yeah. Yeah, she's great. I mean, she or he. Well, you know, can be either or in that. Whatever whatever it is you want it to be, was an actress to play the part, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> but as a thing, all that visually looked amazing. Is it Stod- Stodmeyer? Stod? Oh, man. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Mm. Stormare. 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 Yeah, what's his first name? Peter. Stormare. Peter. That's right. Hey, Peter. What's happened? That's him. And we'll see what happens with it. Um, so, uh, another, well, this is the opposite side of Netflix stuff. So, uh, Grindel, the Dark Horse comic book series that, uh, Netflix, uh, was building, uh, is, uh, not moving forward. Netflix has decided to bow out of it. However, it has been left up to the producers of the movie to shop it somewhere else, or a TV series, excuse me, TV series. To shop it somewhere else if they want to. Um, reportedly, more than half of the episodes are already filmed. So, it's halfway done. I guess I, I don't... They didn't have a lot of reasons for them stopping it or unplugging it. Uh, Grindel's a character made by Matt Wagner. He basically was a assassin that became a crime lord and then has family members murdered and try, it becomes a redemption story. Like, he's been around for a minute. I mean, Matt Wagner did a lot of books. There's a lot of different Grindel stories. So, uh, interesting that it's something they got this far into, and now they're like, hmm, maybe not. So I don't know what that means exactly. None of the names are attached to it outside of uh, one of the producers, which was from uh, the Supernatural TV show, or names I even recognized, but... I guess I, I don't know. I guess we'll see if it shows up someplace else. It's just my brain's like this is just like Batgirl, except that you know, Batgirl is done. Speaking of Batgirl, Warner Brothers CEO has shot down the rumors that they are to be purchased or are 
seeking to be purchased by NBC slash Universal. We are not for sale. Absolutely not for sale. CEO David Zels, Zelevs. I think that's Isaac. Zell, man, I can't say that word. Sorry, I butchered your name, David. But uh, yeah, so it looks like they're sticking with um, Discovery and them moving forward, even though they're how much did I say in debt? Fifty billion? Yeah, like fifty billion. It's a lot. Something. It's crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, following that, there was an announcement of a batch of shows being pulled off Adult Swim that were Warner Brothers slash Discovery owned at this point. Such as? Badge of anime movies. Okay. Shows, like, things I don't know. Like, I, I looked through the list, I'm like, I don't know any of those. I think that their subscriber base is definitely a lot of uh, people interested in that animate animation verse. Because the the DC verse that they made with all the animation stuff was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Not, now, not necessarily the DC properties. It was like a bunch of anime properties that adults oh, were dropping. Oh, an- anime itself? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant animation. But anime. No, no, no. Anime. Okay. Okay. Like, when it comes to animation stuff, I mean, the only, the, all the stuff we hear that was canceled is all that scripted, like, TV show stuff, which also sounds weird, but I imagine if you're already that far in debt, trying to make a Green Lantern TV show would be just a nightmare. I mean, financially. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, as far as other shows, I mean, the way we understand it, which I think we said this, I don't know where we, if it was on the show or not, it doesn't matter. Um Peacekeeper is still moving forward with its second season. Yeah, James Gunn has said, yeah, it is. Right. We're moving forward. But it's got a different different kind of following. I mean, you have John Cena as a driving force and James Gunn. So, like, that one, if you were to do that, would cause you more ripples, I think, than not. So, but yeah, as far as the rest of them, the way I understand, there might be one more season of Titans, but it makes it sound like Doom Patrol's done. Yeah, uh, so, but I... I uh, did you finish the last season? Of which one? Of Doom, Doom Patrol. I haven't yet. I haven't either. Uh, I've only seen season up to, up to the end of season two. Right. And it definitely doesn't end. No. And there's definitely more there. I'm not really sure how season, like, so I haven't gotten to three yet. But, I mean, the stuff they've been doing was pretty fun and it's kitschy, so I, I liked what they've done so far and the actors in it. I mean, Cyborg is weird to me, but the rest of it I thought was fine. And it's not necessarily the guy, just maybe, no, it's the guy. I don't think he's a bad actor by any means. I just think size-wise my brain doesn't register him as what Cyborg should look like. But everybody else, I feel like, fits just fine, and I don't necessarily feel like it's the guy's, you know, acting chops. I just, my brain's programmed to see Cyborg differently, so. Agreed. It doesn't, uh, makes it rough for me. Maybe it's the mustache? I don't know. That's fair. He's also kind of tiny. That's my, yeah, that's the thing. He's like, very small. I know he's supposed to be younger, but he's very small. Right. Josh, this is some news for you that I pulled. I don't know if you're into magic cards or not at all. Not really. Well, Lord of the Rings is coming to the magic cards. I saw that. Yeah, I think that's cool. They've done almost every other universe, Dungeons and Dragons, and I like magic. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a good community and fun card game to play when I get time to do so. But I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, I saw that. I was think- curious who was going to do the art for it. Usually they have really good art on them. Oh, yeah, all the art's fantastic. So many. Wizards of the Coast makes some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news I had, uh, Dynamite Comics is going to be putting out a new ongoing Gargoyles, Disney Gargoyles, oh, comic yeah. book series. Yeah, I saw that. They announced that at D23, didn't they? They did. Nice. So, uh, the series itself is it's supposed to be taking place in continuity of the cartoon. I loved that cartoon when I was a kid. So, this is not like a reimagining or a reboot or a restart. It's a in continuity series. So, it'll be interesting to see what that is. Um... As far as, like, uh, names on it, I mean, Greg Weissman's the guy writing it, 
and uh, George, I don't know how to say his last name, Kanasabi, I can't, I don't know how to say her name, I'm sorry. The test art out for it looks freaking awesome, and it's great. I mean, they, they put a few character designs up by him, and a couple, I think there's three or four pages you can see online now. Nice. And it looks really cool. I mean, there's going to be a ton of covers, which that's Dynamite's format, and all the covers look great. But yeah, as far as the series, like, it's cool that it's something that's continuity to the show, which right. I don't know. I know that there are other previous comics happened before. I mean, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, that's where they started. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not necessarily him. That's where the two of them met and became a thing. Here we are years later and Harley Quinn, fantastic and painkiller Jay and all kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, as a thing, I don't know if they, caught, they ever thought about that back in those books, whether they were or not. So I don't know how they fit to this, but the I books were for the cartoon, right? They were. Okay. So yeah, as far as a thing, I, mean, I think it's really cool. We're getting a return to it. Actually, Manda has one of the covers as one of the variants. Nice. So I think that's really cool too. It was such a wholesome, fun show, or excuse me, movie or whatever. So I think oh, TV that, series. I yeah, think, TV series. That's what it was. If, yeah. they, if they had anything, there may have been like the pilot movie or something. I think they did have a movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't necessarily remember. I think I had it on VHS. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. What was the main guy? Goliath. Yep. He was cool, man. Well, they've got a batch of figures that started coming out, too, actually, that are all, like, deluxe-style figures, and they're fantastic. I bet. But, yeah, as far as the reemergence, I'm not really sure what spawned it, but, I mean, I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm down for it. So, I mean, that should be pretty neat. I mean, that's... So cool that they're bringing back all these things from our childhood, man, making them coming back around. Yeah, yeah. New things and stuff. Toxic Avenger... Well, that too. Also, Kevin Bacon supposedly connected. Oh, yeah, to, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, dang, man. All right. They need to bring back the Giver. Did you like the Giver? I love Giver. Of course you did. Man. Man, that was a great movie. Giver was fantastic. It was good. You want to see some Luke Skywalker with a mustache? There you go. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, buddy. It has been a fair minute since I watched that. So it's been a long time. But... It might mean nostalgia glasses, I guess. <laughs> that's a very good possibility. Yeah. But yeah, Mark Hamill, full mm-hmm. mustache. Mm hmm. Crazy transforming, yeah, manga tech suit because it was an anime first. But or, the, the manga first, the monsters yeah. in that oh, great. were so good for yeah, the yeah. time, like terrifying, man. Yeah, they were Werewolves? so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Man, I'm gonna go home and watch Giver. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch the Giver. It's good stuff. Well, that's all I had for news. You boys have anything else? Josh, you got anything else? No nope. news. Okay, rest in peace, Coolio. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Well, we'll move into books. Um, Want to start with the uh, Exterminators? Sure. Number one. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Want to tell me a story about uh, Jubilee and the Girls? Jubilee and the Girls. So this is Exterminators number one by Marvel Comics. Um, we do have some mature audiences only content advisory. Um, I think this is a joke because there's not too much in here that isn't. Well, they are kind of being party girls, so I mean, I don't that's know. true. Depending on how old the child is, it's either they get the jokes or I mean, right, it's stuff that wouldn't make any difference to them at all. So we open on Dazzler. Um, she's uh, roller skating around. There's a lot of uh, blood on her shoes. She's chewing some bubble gum. There's blood on the floor, and she's. Rollerblading around. She says, there's a lot I need to catch you up on. Let me backtrack a bit. And we kind of get a big page of her, and there's all these 
Gosh, are they are they're some kind of monster? Yeah, the crazy like vampire monster thing. She is messing them up, just all over the place and blood and guts everywhere. It's a roller derby scenario. Yeah, like she's just yeah, she's in there roller girling up. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, "Los Angeles three weeks ago, one week we see these uh, this this TV flat screen flying out of a window, and she uh, says she says all you had to do was keep it in your pants for one week, and she's throwing out." All this guy's stuff, his clothes, and he's like, come on, baby, don't be like this. She means nothing to me. It's not like we, it's not, it's not like that. It's not like it looked, I swear. And she grabs this big box of records, and he's at the, below her, um, on the, on the street, and she's above him in the, in the, in the apartment, and he's like, please no, please no, not the vinyls. And she takes the vinyls, and she chucks them. Says it's over, Alex. Bye. And all these vinyls come crashing down, and he's screaming, "No!" Uh, so she picks up the phone, Miss Dazzler, um, and you know, hear it ring. And Jubilee answers. Says, "Hey, lady." She says, "Jubilee, what are you doing right now?" And she goes, "The best. Calm down. I'm I'm trying my best." And she goes, "No, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I've been dating this guy named Alex, and we kind of well, just she like up. yells at us. She's like the best. I'm doing my best, right, okay? Right. It's so funny. It is funny because she's like, like she's a, automatically assumes that like she's, she's being talking accused. Trash. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> what are you doing right now? The best. Do the best I can. <laughs> um. So she's like, no, I didn't mean like that. I meant, what are you doing right now? I could really use a girl's night. Alex and I just broke up. Who? Alex, my boyfriend, the one I've told you about the past two weeks. I told you about him. Sure, yeah, Jubilee says. Invite anyone you want. Um, I need to just be around friends. Drunk. I need to be drunk around friends. Well, I know Boom Boom's not doing anything, Jubilee says. And we come to Boom Boom, and she's painting her nails, and she's like, get out of here. And uh, Dazzler's on the phone says, thanks, Jubilee. Uh, I'll text you the address for Mr. B's. It's karaoke bar right around the corner from my apartment in West Hollywood. Jubilee walks over to Boom Boom. I don't know who Boom Boom is, by the way, but she's from X Force. She makes things explode. I, 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 they, go, like they go boom. She's like a D or F list. F list. Uh, she says, "You want to go out with Dazzle tonight?" Boom Boom. Jubilee says that, and Boom Boom goes, "I got stuff to do." Only she doesn't say stuff. And Jubilee's like, "Like what?" She says, "Like finishing my beer." She kind of sighs and goes, oh, "I'll meet you there." Then we get a nice big page for. Mr. B's Bar, karaoke night, Wednesday. Ladies drink free, 7 p.m. Uh, later that night, we have Boom Boom dressed in this uh, adorable little outfit with these big, huge stilt shoes. <laughs> and she walks in, and uh, she's obviously, you know, ready to go. And she's like, it says uh, four beers later. And she's like, you dumb, you know, foul language word. Uh, you should have told me the dress code was dress for depression. And she sees the other two, and they're just kind of sitting there, Dazzler and Jubilee. Uh, she <laughs> Jubilee says, you look like if Barbie was a sex addict. She goes, aw, thank you. <laughs> uh, and the uh, Dazzler tries to get the uh, the uh, waiter's attention and says, oh, we didn't even order yet. She, the woman's putting down drinks. She goes, it's on the house. So much loyal patrons of, uh, on the house for being such loyal patrons to Mr. B the past few months. Boom, boom. You look like the final stop on a uh, bimbofication spectrum. Ooh, even better, she says. Uh, Dazzler says, I'll be honest, I'm going to drink until you have to carry me home tonight. And Jubilee says, I'm in. And Boom, boom says, I'm already drunk. 
It's just so like yeah. party girl. The entire they're, they're having fun for sure. The, the banter in this really is good. So they all take the shot, um, and they're both like, "Ooh, I didn't know tequila could have pulp in it." And Jubilee's like, "Why is it gritty?" And they all start coughing. They're like, "Ooh, what was that?" Uh, Boom Boom says, "All I gotta ask." Out of all of the places in Hollywood, why would you choose this hole? Where's all the hot people at? And Jubilee says, I agree. Uh, I agree with Tabby. But yeah, what is this place? And Dazzler says, my favorite dive bar, charms will grow on you. It's charm will grow on you, I promise. And they kind of talk to each other. And she's like, let's dance. And, and uh, Dazzler grabs Boom Boom. And she goes, plus they let me play my own music. So she she's connected to the PA system. And they start just absolutely dancing the night away. Um, she's like, I don't know. It's like it's here. It's uh, This place was made for me. It opened up right when I moved around the corner. It's cozy. Uh, the vibes are nice. The drinks are cheap. And there are never, ever any creeps. Boom says, that's because we're the only people in here. And uh, Boom says, you're just dumb uh, for hunting quirky girl clout. She says, I'm recovering from a recent heartbreak, Tabby, so shut up and show me a good time. Yes, ma'am. They all start dancing, and then suddenly, they don't feel so good. Boom Boom says, "Uh, what was in that shot? And she faints, and Jubilee catches her. Um, And Jubilee says, that's what she gets for pre-gaming. She says, Jubilee, uh, I don't feel so great either. And uh, she says, you look like death. And then all of a sudden, we see... Her phone get unplugged and smash Dazzler's phone. And she looks over and she gasps. And it's Alex. He says, hey, babe. She says, Alex, what? And Alex looks to the bartender and says, did they take the shots? And the bartender says, yep, every drop. She goes, you drugged us? He says, well, well how else were we supposed to transport you? It's not like transport you. It's not like you were particularly accommodating. He, I had like I had asked. Had you asked for what? See, exactly what I was talking about. You never trusted me. And she goes, what are you talking about, Alex? And Jubilee snaps a bar stool in half and says, let's not find out. She's ready to She's ready to rumble. Jubilee says, y'all, I, I did, uh, you know, Allie, oh, you know all, I didn't know you were dating a vampire. And uh, Dazzler says, neither did I. She says, okay, a bunch of vampires taking on a pair of ladies with light powers. Guess they've never claimed eternal life and made you very smart. So we come to find out these guys are vampires, Alex and his crew, and they start attacking her in this bar, uh, all the girls. And uh, we we see <laughs> a man walking down the street. We kind of see some, you know, some, some, some music going down, and he just looks at the bar, and the bar lights up. There's just ambient white light coming from every window. And the person walking the dog is like, uh, let's go the other way. Right. Uh, like, um, nope. He's like, nope, not going in there. <laughs> Alex kind of gets to Dazzler and just backhands her. Um, the monologue here is uh, Dazzler says, Jubilee would explain later to me that the necklace Alex has been wearing the entire time we were dating was a light bringer amulet, you know, from back when she was a vampire. I didn't know Jubilee was a vampire, but she certainly was. Uh, anyway, it protected him from not only the sun, but from my powers as well. He told me it was a family heirloom. I guess I'll have to pay more attention next time. So he backhands her and she is unconscious. From there, we come to Boom Boom. She is waking up from being unconscious. And she says, uh, Jubilee, did you eat dairy again? 
and she rolls over and she's holding her nose. She's like, you're lactose intolerant. You know, you're punishing more than just yourself when you do this, right? It reeks. <laughs> uh, she kind of falls. Uh, she's on this plank and there's this big swamp around her. Uh, she kind of reaches her hand over and uh, into the swampy mess. And there's a big man. I don't even know. Some kind of... Uh, <laughs> I want to say Toxic Avenger monster. Sure, yeah. Some, some kind of, of, of zombie aqua creature that grabs her and starts trying to spit fire at her. She Or starts trying to bite her. She, you know, uses her powers and launches off a boom boom in his mouth and just explodes his head. She's like, ew. Blood pieces just go flying yeah, everywhere. It goes everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's crazy. Elsewhere, Jubilee wakes up and she's driving a monster truck. She's yeah. like, what is on my face? She's wearing the glasses, her kind of tried and true glasses, which is a fun little purple pink shades or whatever. She's in this kind of demolition derby thing, and she's being chased around by all these giant um, monster trucks. And uh, then they, they, they kind of, you know, have this demolition derby action happening, and they run into one, and one of the vehicles explodes, and a big crater comes into the floor. And she's like, what is going on? When you see that her hands are sort of handcuffed to her, like steering device. Yeah, she's, she's not. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, she's she's not in control of what's happening with uh, being stuck there. Uh, meanwhile, we have Dazzler. She wakes up in a what appears to be a really really dark maze. Um, she kind of uses her powers to shed some light on what's going on, and she's surrounded by the same zombie or excuse me, alien looking green creatures, and uh, they're sensitive to the light. She can tell, so she kind of. Gets him back and says, you know, get back, get back. Um, she kind of wanders through the maze. Um, she's like, they're light sensitive, these monsters. I can't use my powers without alerting them to my presence. So she kind of gets away and is going through this maze. And she finds a what appears to be a baby one of them, but it's purple. Yeah. Yeah. It's trapped in this cage. Uh, she's like, oh, you poor thing. Uh, you're being used as bait to drive the other creatures into a feeding frenzy, aren't you? Well, that won't do. Let's get us both out of here. And she uses her powers to kind of free the little baby thing. Uh, and she says, we have to hurry. They're coming. From there, we come back to Boom Boom. And Boom Boom is by herself again in the swamp. Or what appears to be a swamp. And she's surrounded by these monster creatures. And she goes, how am I supposed to get out of here? If any movement wakes up these nasty ghouls. Um, she's got one. She's got one in like a, a, a headlock. And it's like oh, choking. She's like, shush, I'm thinking. Whoever they are, they obviously don't want me to use my powers to get out of here. Wait a minute. That god-awful smell, the swamp, it's methane gas. And that stuff is explosive. They want me to zig, so I'm going to zag this whole place to the ground. And she dives into the ground. And you can see her start to use her her boom-boom powers. And she's swimming through the gross swamp. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have Jubilee, again, strapped to the steering wheel of a giant monster truck, and she's being chased while holes are being blown in the ground, and she's saying profane words because she's uh, being chased. <laughs> she's being chased, and she gets kind of chased to the edge of a, a one of the big craters, and she's her front wheels are kind of almost you know diving into this big crater, and she goes, reverse, 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 reverse. She goes, oh, that was too close. What? No fair. My truck can't float on the gaps like that, and she sees these other monster trucks, and they're floating on the holes, which is weird. And she looks out and she just sees this big kaboom. And she goes, oh my God, what was that? And 
Boom Boom comes out of this crater that she just created and says, Jubilee, and she's covered in monster goo, and she runs towards her screaming help. Um, she goes, get in, and she jumps in the monster truck, and uh, she says, all right, Jubilee says, are you insane? Stop. You'll blow apart the floor, and we'll all we'll fall off the edge into nothingness. And uh, Boom Boom says, so? Who cares? It's probably a simulation. Jubilee goes, what? Bust through that wall, and you'll see for yourself. We cut back to uh, Miss Dazzler, and she is running away from these monster creatures with the baby creature. And she goes, ah, dead end. And she goes, I'm sorry about this to the little baby creature. And she tosses it up in the air. (laughs) And from there, we see uh, Jubilee and Boom Boom crashing through the wall. And just as that happens, we can see Dazzler in this big maze that she was in. Just a big white light coming from one direction. And they both say, there's Dazzler. So they crash through the wall. um, And uh, they uh, (laughs) Boom Boom starts just unloading her powers. She goes, let her, let, uh, Jubilee says, let her know we're here. Boom, boom. She says, three, two, one. And she launches this giant, just giant explosion. And they come to Dazzler and Dazzler's also covered in blood. She goes, get in, loser. We're going to therapy. <laughs> uh, she says, one second. And she catches the baby that she had thrown. She goes, thanks for all the loud noise, buddy. So all everybody's in their big truck uh, that Jubilee is driving. Um, she says, Jubilee, slow down. She says, you can't. The brakes have been cut, and the accelerator is jammed all the way down. And she says, then how the hell are you going to stop? If the audience behind the the plexiglass is real, then I'm betting they made the enclosure strong enough to withstand our blasts. Uh, Boom Boom says, I'll take that bet. 20 bucks says, you're wrong. And we can and we mow down a bunch of civilians. Uh, Dazzler says, what does the enclosure have to do with stopping? Jubilee says, we're all wearing seatbelts, right? Boom Boom says, no. Wait, I'm... Oh, and they smash into this wall. And Boom Boom just smashes into the into the uh, the glass. Um, boom Boom, help me. We have to get Jubilee out before the car explodes. Obviously, the vehicle's on fire now, because that's what happens. Uh, honestly, it might make it easier at this point if you just woke up on Karoka. Uh, if you woke up on Krakoa. Krakoa? Gotcha. So the X-Men, if you don't... If you don't know what's happening in the X-Men world, as a whole, the X-Men, as a group of mutants, a mutant society has moved to the living island of Krakoa, where they've developed a way to oh, that's right. reincarnate yeah. themselves right. as they die, I remember that. which is the next batch of dialogue lends to that part of this. Oh, word. Yeah. Get me out. Um we see Boom Boom, and she's pretty messed up, and she goes, Ugh, and she just vomits all over the plate and she goes there's blood and julie says well duh you really should have worn your seatbelt, tabby no and you both i mean it's not a lot it's not our blood there's a lot of blood that's not ours we hear kind of over an intercom congratulations you three have passed your entry tests and won a chance to compete against the most esteemed prize winning uh imagine magic Oh, Menagerie Beast. Uh, The Soul Splitter. From there, they're standing there, and they're all covered in blood, and this huge door opens, and out comes X-23? Correct. X-23. Looking just uh, dope. This is a great shot. And we see kind of a bunch of people or bystanders there. She's got her claws out, and she kind of goes, rawr. She's also covered in blood. And to be continued.
That's the end. Why does she only have one claw out, though? She has two. On her hands, yeah. She's got two right there. Mm-hmm. It's has, just out of the. It's just out of the page. Yeah, Laura's got two on her hands and one on her, each of her feet. Right on her feet. Yeah. Well, I know. Do you? Yeah, I just this one. I only saw the one. So I oh, maybe yeah. It kind of cuts like, it off. Yeah, the I think page. I think it's yeah. just out of the frame. So, um, I I'd give it a uh, probably four. I really like it. The banter is great. I think the art's um really good. Um, seeing Laura there at the end is awesome. I, it, situationally, it's very, very clever. Uh, yeah, I, I give it a four. I really enjoyed it. Forty-five. What do you know about the Exterminators? It was pretty good. It was like a three, three and a half. Like it was fun. It it flowed real well. Like the art's not too bad. It was entertaining. I wish they would have put the swear words in there instead of like just making like symbols for all of them. That's true. That would have been nice, especially with the parental advisory up front you're like oh that would have been funny yeah but it's not a parental advisory on the cover it's more I don't know I, it's not like a real one like a real one would have like a mature content label someplace sure you're right so yeah. like the one inside is more of a just like you said it's like a joke kind of a joke yeah and like yeah, their behavior is a little outlandish but the book's fun mm-hmm. yeah when it comes to Marvel generally speaking we don't have a lot of stuff that's not considered to be teen plus content so like as a thing if, the, if they were, if they were doing a, a Marvel Max, then then this probably would be like a rated R version of the comic, and mm. it would be a different setting as far as what's happening. But I mean, this leads up to you know the content reader's mind. So depending how old the person is or whatever. But as far as like art, like I like the art a lot. I mean, I like all all these characters. I mean, they're ridiculous, but I like all of them. Yeah, I don't know anything about Boom Boom, but she seems hilarious. Dazzler's such a stupid character. Oh man, really? Yeah, she's horrible. She like she doesn't do anything. She roller skates and like makes lights when she sings. Like it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't really like, it doesn't say that her light that, that she makes is like can harm anything. She just makes lights when she sings. Well, light constructs and they affect the people that are inside them. Mm-hmm. So the lights themselves, that's are, debatable. Like, sort of hypnotic. That's debatable. Yeah, even in the X Men movie, the two seconds she's in it, that's what they're doing with her powers. As far as the thing, I mean, that's. What are they, it's I like? like um, I like her as a character ceremony? in this that she lives in California and she's like kind of like a like a, a valley girl, a semi celebrity like party girl, like, right? Like that part of it I like, and that's the only, like that's the only way the reason why this book's decent is because they write her in a different light. But her as like an actual like Marvel superhero like is stupid. Like she's a terrible character. <sighs> yeah, I I don't I don't I don't totally agree. Okay, well. I, which is I mean up to teach their own. Jubilee and Boom Boom are great. Oh, yeah, they're hilarious. They're like all the way this is written is is very sharp. The banter's and, like, quick. It's just so funny with Jubilee when she's like the best I can. It's just it's so <laughs> funny because like she's kind of a you know she's one of those characters you really like seriously. Yeah, like yeah. So, what are you like, doing? Get your life together, right? Uh, did you have a score for the book, Josh? Yeah, he, yeah. He, did he you? Okay. Three, three and a half. Um, I would follow suit and give it three and a half. Also, like I think it's really fun. I like the way everything's drawn. It's miniseries. It's only five parts, not super long. And I'm sure it, my brain says by the end of this, we have arcade and the vampires with some kind of crazy deal or something. But the first issues are pretty fun. And like, it'll be interesting when Laura's added to the cast, provided that's actually Laura. I was going to say it, the reason I went from three and a half to four is because that last panel, that last panel is beautiful, first of all. And it really, really ends in a way a comic book should. 
and it's kind of the the be to be continued, but it is bad ass. Like oh, yeah. she she looks amazing. Oh yeah, she looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Like even like the splatter pages, like the beginning splatter pages. I mean, even if they are the roller girl, the art is just great. The art is really good. So yeah, I liked it a lot. It was really fun. I didn't I mean, even say who the artist was, did I? I'm so sorry. Let's see, oh, I got it right here. Uh, Leah Williams writer Carlos Gomez is the artist, and Brian Valencia is the colorist. I'm so sorry, I forgot. No, you're good. We got back around to it. Yeah, as far as the book, it was pretty fun. I mean, yeah, it's not going to change the world or whatever, but it was a really fun read. And like, as far as the characters kitschy-wise, I mean, if you're going to try to do fun comedy shows, here you go. Let's do this. It'd be better if Laura wasn't on the cover, because she is. She's on She's on most of the covers, actually. Okay. There's only a couple of variants that she's not. Okay. But cast-wise, it's the reveal at the end is a pretty good, like pop but i see i feel what you're saying because if, if she wasn't on the cover when she shows up at the end it'd be more of a surprise but yeah i don't know i i liked it too that was pretty good that's the only reason that makes me think that she's that's actually her right well because she's with the other cast and the uh, or with the rest of the cast on the covers it'll be interesting to see what the truth is or how they caught her because she's a different kind of machine to catch but as far as a thing i don't know it's it's been fun like i i like it all right. Well, from there, move on to the uh, to vanish from uh, Image Comics. See, this guy's uh, written by Donny Cates, drawn by Ryan Stegman. Which uh, Ryan, you should know from uh, Scarlet Spider and Human and a bunch of other stuff. Because guy's fantastic. Uh, he did some of the Venom series too. He's awesome. And Donny Cates, we talk about. I feel like all the time because the dude's just so popular. Uh, anyhow, this guy comes out from Image. When we first open up, we're, we're in an alleyway. We got a fellow walking through the alley and it's very spawn-like. Uh, there's a voiceover going on talking about, uh, what the guy's doing. It's like his inner monologue. He's coming home from the bar, taking the long way. And, uh, he's like, I went and picked up two six packs and pounded the first six pack on the way through the alley. That way, when I get home, I can tell her that I just have the one to drink and that way she doesn't think I'm drinking too much still. And, uh, we see this set of boots. Even though she knows I'm lying. Even, yeah. Even though she knows I'm lying. And we see the set of boots up above, like looking down on him in the alley. And we have some more stuff going on. The inner monologue kind of runs a lot in the first page, and he talks about how he doesn't, he doesn't, he has to take lithium to sleep, and uh, he how he washes that down with uh, with booze. And he's he's talking about how in order for him to sleep at all, he has to go through his whole regimen of pills. He's really self medicating, yeah, yeah, in order, like in order heavily. To get, yeah, and he's like, it's the only way I can get to sleep. It's the only way I can get any sleep at all. And then uh, about that time, we see a dude come out behind him with a baseball bat, uh, you know, lurking in the alley, you know, thug robber style. And he's we go on a little more about his choices, and the only way he can get through the day is with his hidden hidden pocket of with a, with a shooter of vodka. And uh, he's just having so many problems, and it's all because of his gifts. And about that time, we see the guy with the baseball bat crack him on the head, and uh, you know, it looks like it hurts. He's like, it's, it's, this is my reward for saving the world before I turn 14. And uh, we turn back around. Now we've got a couple other guys in the alley. And he's like, they're to tell him, stay down. Just give us your wallet. Uh, and as they continue to whoop on him, you know, kicking him, punching him, his voiceover keeps kind of going. He's like, behold, the chosen one. And they're like, man, come on, get, get his wallet. Just We got to get, get, get his wallet before he pukes all over us because, you know, he's drunk. And then uh, about that time... Uh, one of the guys whose guy's wallet in his hand looks inside of it and he's like, you don't have any money? Like, what is going as well, well, look at this address here. I take your address. Maybe we'll go home and get some money from your wife. 
And uh, about that time, we see the boots from above that were on the edge watching slowly start to float down, and we get a reveal of what looks like a kid superhero. He's like, he dresses the two the guys in the street, and he's like, "I can either we can do this the easy way, or we can we can do it where he sends you the morgue." And we see like <laughs> these crazy lights coming out of his hands as he start start floats, floats down at them. And of course, he lands like all hero style, right? And it's very like it has a lot of Spawn vibe to it, which I mean, Ryan's art sort of lends that way too, anyway. And then we get more of the inner, like the inner thinking of our guy who got hit with the baseball bat. And he's like, "Wait, what the hell?" And then we see the kid. He's like, "My name is Battle Rocket. Nice to meet you." And he pulls out this baton, kind of Tim Drake like, and he flies across the alley, takes out the two dudes, and like sends them flying. Like way out of the way out of the alley, and he's like, "This kid, this superhero, inner monologue again." He's like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't catch your names." And he's like, "This is wrong. This is all wrong." Sigil on his chest, the burn, and we see like the, there's like a logo on his chest, and then we see our guy's got a burning sensation on his chest as well, something burning in his hand. He's like, "That's impossible." And uh, then we see the uh, the kid pick up this cigarette and he's like who man i really needed that and he takes a hit off the cigarette like a deep drag and our guy's like it's you this doesn't make any sense it's you he's like oh do i have a fan hey that's awesome man and at this point we still like he still seems like a kid hero save for the cigarette thing which is a little questionable he's like shut up i know who you are i know who you really are and we see our guy pull back his his uh, shirt, we see this brand on his chest, and the brand is just smoking. And now his eyes have lit up green. It's the same green as the kid has in his eyes, and when he's coming from his hands when he floated down. And the kid's like, oh no. And his face goes from, like, happy in charge of things to shocked and maybe scared? And then uh, our guy's inner monologue says, so here's the fun story. And we cut to this giant cityscape with this crazy, like, cathedral in the middle, all these city buildings around. And it looks like a city of the future. And uh, it tells us this is the uh, Mistland. And uh, this is the world of, our, of magic. So it's outside of our regular, our regular world. It's a separate world that lies underneath our world. And there's some description around that's basically in our monologue still. And he's like, this is where I grew up. This is where they tell you all the lies. This is where uh, warlocks, real warlocks, real magic, that's where all this comes from. And uh, this is where they train kids to be soldiers. And uh, we cut from this cityscape, which the city looks really impressive. And our guy talks about how this is uh, this is close to the end of that city, and uh, me saving the world. And then we all of a sudden we cut from there, the next page over, and we meet uh, Baron Vanish, and and the and his followers the hollow, and we have a dude in the middle who's got kind of a I don't know it's like an armored chest plate, and he's got smoke coming out of his hands, and he's surrounded by a bunch of people with hoods like shrouded hoods with lights just pointing out of their eyes. We have a couple dude looks like Gandalf, a couple ladies, a couple dudes. It's a whole like group of different you know personas and people. He's like, the time's upon us, faithful. We have tried; they have not listened. We have pleaded. And, they, and we've spoken, the debates are over, and now they're end with screams. Today's the day that we planned. This, this is the day that we take out the headmaster, who will not listen. 
From there, he snaps his fist together, and we see a giant explosion in the city, and the cathedral we were just looking at is now enveloped in like a giant white explosion. We get a little more inner monologue, and we get a little more explanation about how the group that ran the facility ran on lies, and how our guy feels like everything that he was taught as a kid wasn't really the truth. Uh, from there, we cut inside. This is shortly before the explosion. Well, no, it's just after the explosion, excuse me. And uh, we have our, what looks like the headmaster of the school standing there with his staff and his crazy cloak. He's like, vanish, damn you. This is it, children, and we see behind him there's this court of all these kids wearing like uniforms with uh, cloaks, and they're they're all dressed exactly the same, and their outfits aren't quite the same as the uh, Hollows were, but they're similar, and it's a bunch of kids. Like faces don't look any older than the kid we were just dealing with in the alley, that you know, trash those guys, and uh, we get some more voiceover. This is all inner monologue inside of him, and the the headmaster tells him. This is what you've been training for. Everyone needs to work together, fight together. We have to stop stop him here. Uh, this will be this will become like your main purpose was to fight this battle. And all the kids kind of look afraid. We get a little more about how, as they were taken into the school, they were all raised like military and trained like military, not allowed to be children. The entire time that they were there, there's only really two real rules, and how the monarchy and the clergy treated the kids wasn't always the best way to treat them. There's references of like mistreat. Think like the Catholic Church. Um, the bad part of the Catholic Church. Right. And uh, he's like, wow, all the all the lies they told us, there's only really two rules, and those rules were punishable. One, both of them were punishable by death. And uh, we get a little more of the uh, headmaster, and he's like, now listen, this is the day you've been raised for. Raise your voices. The symbol of our house is etched on you. You will feel it burn when evil is around. Well, that tells us what was happening in the alleyway. The evil being around is making the sigil on his chest burn. And uh, we see a shot of all the kids. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of kids. And at that point, the headmaster says, hang on, where's, where's Oliver? As he's looking through the herd and we see just one spot open. And then the two kids are standing next to Oliver, both look at each other in shock because uh, they don't know where he is. And we find a little bit more about the punishment for death, or the punishment for even trying to go in these other places, which one is a vault and the other one is an item. And even like trying to do anything with them is, is a horrible offense. And then we find Oliver, who's at this giant chain up door, and he talks about how that day he broke both those laws. We see him, and as age-wise, he's young, just like all the rest of them. You see he trashes these locks, breaks open into this crazy room that's full of all these, like, crazy displays and cupboards and different, like, I don't know, magic potions or whatever. Yeah. Artifacts. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a Temple of Doom artifact room, except not in boxes. Obviously all par- very powerful stuff just sitting there stashed away. Well, yeah. And the way he makes, the way he makes, he makes it sound about the room. Like this is all the stuff that is the stuff that, w- that could end worlds, will end worlds, which is why they're not allowed to play with it. And he even mentions that a few of these things are world enders. And uh, as he goes over more in his head, we, we cut to him. We find out that his whole family has been killed. They were killed in the first wave when the when our Hallows and the Baron attacked, when Vanish attacked. His sect was one of the first sects destroyed. So his parents have all been wiped out. The only thing he has left is his friends. And at this point, he's a very sad kid. And we see his face and he's got tears just streaming down as he's doing this and just hate in his eyes. And he's like... 
over the, over the 3,000 sorcerers and warlocks that were burned today, two of them were my parents. So this first attack that happened, Vanish killed 3,000 people. And he's just like so pissed and so angry that he doesn't care anymore about the rest of it. And he goes in there and we see this crazy orb that's in a serpent-headed shaped uh, golden kind of goblet that's holding it. And he goes and he picks up the orb and he talks about how this is this orb is going to show him the future. This orb tells you the future. And he uses it and we see his eyes light up all crazy. And he says, it'll tell me what to do and give me the power I need. And uh, after he sees it, he's like... After all that, that I, me being the chosen one, what I saw, I needed to know if it was real, if the pain, if the pain was real, and if the death would be real. And we see this giant crash, and then uh, a whole bunch of like red and white light. There's a bunch of more monologue, like interior co- thought that I'm going just abrasing because there's so much, and it's it's awesome. We cut from there, leaving Oliver, you know, to the flash of light. To join uh, Vanish again. Now Vanish has entered into the cathedral where all the kids and all the the prime minister guy is at, and he's like headmaster, headmaster, yeah. He's like, please, Oren, don't make this difficult. And the two of them have a conversation, and Oren tries to talk. Oren's the old man that's the uh, the headmaster, and as the two of them are talking, Oren's trying to t- talk him down, sort of, but also berate him while he does it. And eventually he's like, well, yeah, there's, there's no way around this. This, this is the only option. It's for me to kill you. And truly, to, it truly breaks my heart. The headmaster tells him, you know, you were one of our best students. I expected so much from you. He goes, and it really breaks my heart to have to kill you. And he tries to attack him. And of course, Orin just laughs it off. He's like, nothing you do can touch me at all. And he just floats backwards. And we see the, uh, the metal pieces that are on his chest open up to be like crazy spider legs. And he's like, you never taught me anything. You didn't taught me how to do anything. Nothing that you that you did taught me a thing at all. And you see him basically vaporize the headmaster, like all these crazy shards fly into him, and blood and everything just goes everywhere. And he says, "I'm sorry, you all the witch, you all the witness that children. This is uh, this is truly terrible." And he basically tells them that you're going to be working for me now, and that's how this is going to go to keep yourselves alive. Again, abridged. Uh, and then, of course, one of the children, like, lashes out. He's like, oh, I'll stop you. And he fires at him. And he's like, shut up. And one of the other ones tells, and we find this girl, little Afro puff on her head, uh, Eleanor. And he's like, no, stop, Eleanor. You can't stop. And he's like, oh, it's good. There's at least one brave one in you. What's your name? And she tells him Eleanor Ivy, which earlier in the alleyway, whenever he's stumbling through with the can, the, the cake or the cans, I guess I should have said this earlier. I missed it in the description. He talks about Eleanor being at home, and that's who he's going home to. Um, and even though she knows he's lying about the beers, you know, he tries to hide it anyway. Anyway, so we return to this, and she's like, I'm not going to stand down to you. And he's like, oh, well, loyalty is great. He tells her tells her how his, her father joined him, and she's like, you're lying. He would never join you. And she gets ready to lash out at him again. He grabs her hand and basically holds her up, and he's basically getting ready to, you know, deal with her. And uh, about that time, Oliver re- reappears in the courtyard. And he's like, put her down. He's like, oh, who might you be? He's like, I'm the last person you're ever going to speak to. Which is pretty, like, it's pretty ballsy, man. He's like, oh, is that right? And he drops he drops Eleanor. He's like, what exactly do you hope to accomplish, child? And uh, we have this inner monologue again, talking about the circumstances and the punishments for the things he's done up to this point. He's like, oh, I know you're you're really angry. 
But please, think carefully, boy. There is no magic in this world that can hurt me. And then we cut to the next page, and we see that uh, Oliver reaches into his cloak, and we have this piece of uh, inner monologue that says, May anyone bring an object from another world? <laughs> yeah. Is that if anyone brings an object from the other world, being our world, back to their world, is also punishable by death. And uh, he pulls out a gun. A nine millimeter. And he shoots him dead. Blows him away. Oh, yeah. And his head explodes, and that is the end of Vanish. And uh, Oliver's standing there, and he's... You see in his face that he's, that he's terrified of what he's done. But he's like, that's what had to happen. That was my destiny. I'm the chosen one. He's enraged. He's like, so mad and yeah. so angry that it had to come to this. But you see, like, all the kids around him are like, oh, yay, you're you're fantastic. You're so awesome. He's like, it's not over yet. And the kids who are all overjoyed now that Nanish is dead, Oren spins around, we see the hollow all fly off into the sky and go away through a portal. He's like, no, they're getting away. you got to get off me. I have to stop them all. And so, like... His anger, we go from angry eyes as a kid, the very next page, it's angry eyes as an adult. He's like, I'm done. He's like, he hadn't seen any of them, he hadn't felt the burning, and he hadn't encountered any of those escapes, any of the hallows, till now. And you see him grab this, what looks like a kid's face, and just start crushing his mouth. And his hands digging in, and blood's going everywhere. And the kid's like, oh, so you're the chosen one, huh? The chosen one returns. And he basically just sort of starts talking trash to him, and all of a sudden, the, the our guy, Oren, makes this crazy, like, magic, I don't know, ball and chain with yeah. a mace, basically. Mace, yeah. And the two of them start fighting, and the kid's flying around, shooting beams at him, and of course, Oren gets the upper hand and smashes him in the face with the uh, with the weapon. And we get this crazy shot of uh, the kid's face all, like, bloodied up, and he's, like, still sort of talking trash. He's like, all right, it's my turn now. You got one shot out of me. Now now we're going to see what this is really about. And that we have all this inner monologue again about him re- remembering his parents and remembering the things that have happened to him and how the hollows are all evil. And the kid shoots this beam out of his hands at him, and he basically just takes it. And the next thing you know, he reappears behind the kid. He's like, the kid freaks out. Orin wraps a chain around his neck and begins choking him to death. And eventually he does kill him. And then uh, as the kid lays there dead, Orin goes down, takes his ring off his finger, and uh, we see him, the kid transform into this old man, this old man dressed like a wizard. And uh, Orin takes this ring and crushes it in his hand, which I think must just be absorbing the power from it. Yeah. And he looks down and he's like, uh, Balin, get up. He's like, no, no, please, don't kill me. You, do, you don't understand. You don't understand. None of us were in charge of what we were doing. And the old man now is bloody from his from his mouth. And his nose are broken. His teeth are all broken. And he's beaten, man. Um, but that doesn't stop Orin from, best we can tell, killing the old man. Uh, what it looks like with a broken bottle. Uh, then Orin goes home. And we have a lot more inner monologue, you know, explaining his choices and what he's doing. And as we see him washing his hands to clean off the blood, we see his plethora of pill bottles. And he talks about how now he knows what he needs to do, and he's finally to the second leg of this mission. And until he finishes this mission, he can't can't rest at all. And then we cut to uh, Eleanor in the bed, and he talks about he wants to wake her up to tell her they, where he's going. He wants to tell her what he's doing, but he can't tell her because it won't be safe for her. And at this point in time, what he's learned about our Hollow is that they have started masquerading themselves as heroes in this world. 
Hence the old man dressed like a kid, disguised as a kid with superpowers flying around. And we go downstairs in the basement. He opens up a, a wall, like a hidden thing in the wall, and inside of it's uh, his cloak from when he was younger. And it's got a sigil on it, and he laces up his outfit, and he puts on his uh, cape. And all this time, we have this monologue going on inside that the only way he can defeat them in this world where they pretend to be the heroes is if he turns himself into the villain. Because they all have to be stopped. And then we see a cool shot of him with his eyes lit up and his kid-sized cape wrapped around him like a half-cape. So the costume is not bigger. It's just being reused. And that's where we end with him planning to go out to find these other heroes that are really villains. Well, there's a big poster behind... Yes. Yeah, the big poster, and it shows these kind of... This this crew of heroes, quote-unquote, that have come to town. Um, and one of them was that kid. Right. So they're obviously disguised, you know, as as uh, as, as heroes. But they're the villains from his old world. Right. And like, there's, there's, I don't know, there's like six or seven in the poster. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, and they're all different looking. You know, one of them looks like a, you know, big brute, and one of them looks like a mage, and yeah, they look, they're disguising themselves as some kind of heroic crew, superhero team of some type. Yep. And they say the superhero name too, like the team name. I don't remember what it is. It's on the poster. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. But yeah, anyway, um, the prestige, the prestige. Um, there you go. So magic trick. Mm-hmm. Just like the movie. That's right. Wolverine and Batman. That's right. I, I like it. It's a pretty fun book. I mean, it's it's a little more adulty language-wise, which I had left out most of that. So, a bridge for your listening pleasure, I guess. Um, Donny Cates is great. Like, if you read any of his other stuff, his Hulk and his Thor, his Venom, um, crossover, God Country. Um, I, I didn't really read a lot of Baby Teeth, but I've been told it's good. So, I mean, it's more of a horror story, so it wasn't really my jam. Uh, but anyway... Pretty much everything the dude does has been fantastic, and he's a golden goose at this point. So as far as series are concerned, I like it a lot. I mean, I give it a three and a half. I like Ryan Stegman a lot, the guy that did the art for it. I think he's awesome. As far as a superhero book, I guess we'll see. It's not set up as a miniseries, so I guess we'll see like what that means in length. Uh, but I dig the first book a lot. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I give it a three and a half. 45, what do you know about The uh, Vanish? Give it a four. Um, besides the cover, which I thought was very, I, I think that the cover is very, it makes it seem like it's a different kind of book. It and, is very nineties riffic, yeah. And I don't like it, but the in, the inter, the story and the writing and the internals are, are way better. Like the, I feel like the cover does it a disservice. Honestly, it makes it seem like it's a different kind of book. Right. Um, the B cover might have been better for you. The Daniel Warren Johnson cover. Um, I'll have to show you that at some point. Which is, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. It just like I think that it makes it seem like more of like a rip-off darkness book, and it's not. Like right. He, he's he's a mage from another dimension. That's in reality now. He does kind of look like Jackie, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, I, I hair, was, yeah. There there are similarities in there to Spawn and to the Darkness, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like I don't dislike the cover, but I, it definitely reeks of like '90s style. So I can see what you're saying. Which the cover in itself isn't a bad cover. It's just like relating to the book it doesn't make any right. sense and it, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a bad cover for this book so um i liked it i give it a four like i thought the writing was really good yeah just even like him getting home and like his girlfriend being awake when he gets there and he goes down there to look at his old cost his old uh school uniform basically his old mage outfit i mean there's just a lot of a lot of coolness to it like and he has to go basically and take out all these old 
like dark mages. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pre- that a pretty cool idea. The inner monologue is really well <clears throat> written. Like I did a terrible job trying to explain it because it's so detailed. It's really detailed. Yeah, and it's a lot to go through. Uh, I, that's why I didn't want to do this book because I thought you'd do a better job than I would. <laughs> but it is definitely extremely detailed. It, there is a lot of backstory put into that inner dialogue, especially when it comes to talking about the previous world he lived in realm or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the three rules and everything that he's going through. It's, it's, um, I wouldn't call it wordy. I'd call it well, well described. I mean, overall. Oh yeah. It reads, it reads, it reads well, but mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to it. And yeah, the three rules and all that stuff. It just the way it builds as it goes to the panels. It's a lot of inner monologue, mm-hmm. like a lot of it. But it's written. It's written well. Uh, Brown, you got a score for that book? I'm going to give it a four as well. It's my book of the night for sure. Um, the concept alone is super original and really, really smart. Um, taking an object being a nine millimeter, but appears to be a Breda, and blown away. Some you know magic carrier is an awesome idea. I think that's so cool. Um, taking an artifact from our world and taking it to theirs and it, it can stop a magic user. Sure. Oh, that's so smart. Um, I like the character, Oliver. I think he's kind of tortured and has to deal with um, a lot of, you know, his past and, you know, after saving the world and so on and so forth. And he's also waiting for his time because he knows it's coming. Right. Um, well, being 14 years old, having to shoot an adult down. Absolutely. Because the only way to stop them, like, man, jaded. Dude. Well, but again, he tried to kill, you know, more of them. Oh, yeah. And then he could, they, like, the other, the other kids kind of stopped him and he, he knows they're coming. Um, yeah, it's my book of the night for sure. I, I, I give it a four, four to five. I really, the art is fantastic. Again, just like Josh said, the cover definitely has that 90 spawn vibe to it. But when you get into the book, it is, I feel a little more detailed. Um, the shadings definitely, then the shadows are done really, really well. Less dark, less less gritty like Spawn, more um, very clean, very crisp. Yeah, Ryan Stegman's fantastic. Like artist wise, he's got I don't know. It's like other artists. He's sort he's sort of like Greg Capullo. He's sort of like Joe mm-hmm. Matarera. I mean, he's just so good. And, and as far as art, he's fantastic. Um, Every it, image book you bring us, by the way, I just fall in love with. <laughs> I really do. Original concepts, it's hard, they're hard to come up with. And while this being not outlandish, but definitely out there, it, it plays out extremely well. Yeah. First issue is pretty great. So it'll be interesting to see like where the series goes and like what it winds up being by the end of it. But yeah, it's a, it definitely has legs. And uh, as far as the thing, I mean, it's, it's a cool... It's, it's a cool setup because he's like, to be the hero here, I have to be the villain. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, and the rest of the world thinks that these people or these superhero team that's right. come to town is going to save them and stuff. And it's like, hmm. It's definitely not the truth. Definitely not what's happening. Yeah. So that's all pretty cool, too. Like, I, I dig it. It's got it's a different vibes in it. They're pretty cool. Anything else about the Vanish? Huh? Okay. We'll move on to the uh, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Undead. Or Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead, that's what it is. It's like the third time you've called it the Undead. Tonight. You know, it's because of who it's connected to. Oh. Well, but that's still the dead. Not undead? Yeah, but... Evil Dead? Exactly. Evil Dead too. I know. Army of Darkness? Halloween flavored. But they don't, they don't, But that's not undead. No, yeah, that's true. That's they're they're dead. true. Definitely true. We're getting into that spooky season. We might have to sit down and watch... 
Army of Darkness. I haven't seen that in quite a few years. It's fantastic. There's actually a whole bunch of uh, horror-flavored comic books coming out, of course, because it's November, but there's a whole batch of different ones that are getting ready to come out that are spooky-flavored. No- November? No, October. You said it's November. No. You just said November. Did I say November? Yeah. Oh, October. That's what I meant. <laughs> we're getting into Halloween time. We are. All right. So from there, we want to move on to the uh, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Josh, you're up. 45, you want to serenade us with some some Sergeant Rock? He's a singer in a band. All right, so Sergeant, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Yeah, that's only um, DC Horror Presents, number one of six. It's a miniseries. Um, Bruce Campbell, the almighty Bruce Campbell from, yes, you're, you're, you know who we're speaking of. Right. And um, Eduardo Rizzo is the artist. Um, this book picks up. And what seems like probably Hitler's bunker um, towards the end of World War II, Berlin, 1944. And um, one of his main generals is kind of like basically telling him the war's over. He's like, as you can see, we're defending ourselves on all fronts. We're running out of ammo, rations, petrol, communications um, are very poor at this point. Um, there's fresh troops are almost impossible to find. And then Hitler stands up and he's like, is that all general? And he's like, well, sir, you have And then he's like, and all of a sudden, Hitler just like strangles the uh, the general, and um, snaps his neck and rips his head off. And you're just like, "Whoa, okay, that's intense." And, uh, he, and then he look, turns around and he sees his private doctor, Doctor Morell, and he's, uh, "What's the status of the regeneration plan?" And he's like, "We are almost ready." He's like, "Almost not soon enough. Implement at once. Get me more soldiers." He's like, "As you wish, Moon Mind Flare, Mind Fuhrer, 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 Fuhrer." I'm not German. I can't speak German very well. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Um, when it flashes front lines, Berlin, and uh, it's two guys sitting there, and they're like, you know, the worst thing about being on patrol is it's boring. It's like so boring. And then uh, um, it's two guys, and it's like you see like a uh, an old an old um, burnout church in the background, some tombstones, and like two soldiers sitting there, and some sandbags around them. And then you see like like ba- it, it, they're zombies, but you like you're and like people kind of stumbling around walking towards them they're like nazis dead ahead and they start shooting at them but they're not stopping they're like that's not good and they're like click 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 and they go that's even worse and it's like call for backup and it's like it's a nazi soldier sir dozens of them they just can't they just keep coming we can't kill them it's like it's like they're already dead um and then it it flashes to um the allied supply lines the next day and you see um sergeant rock and he's he's marching along it's like where are you, a bunch of zombies? Uh, keep it moving, you blisterfoots. Like, uh, what are we doing here, Sarge? We're fighters, not traffic cops. He's like, it's all pieces of the big puzzle, hothead. So supply lines are everything. No supplies, no victory. Don't think of it as a traffic jam. Think of it as a victory parade. He's like, never figured it that way, Sarge. He's like, it's all how you look at it, buddy boy. And he's like, Master Sergeant, uh, Fr- Frank Rock. He's like, that's right. And some, a messenger comes. He's like, message from the brass. He's like... Uh, move that hunk of junk out of here. And he opens it up and it says level nine assignment, assemble easy company as soon as possible, which if you don't know, Sergeant Rock's group are called easy company. And he's like, what is it? Sarge, they got, uh, so the skipper is like level nine, serious stuff. He's like, beats direct in traffic. Dozer, assemble the team. He's like, can do Sarge. Um, I mean, Sergeant Rock obviously goes back to actually world war two during the original one. Yeah. yeah like, so it's, it, it's been around for a while. 
Um, then it goes to Allied headquarters. And as a gentleman, two soldiers were killed on the perimeter last night. Uh, we collected a dead Nazi from the site. But as you'll see, he's not the usual suspect. I've seen a lot of dead soldiers, Skipper, but none that looked like this. I was like, well, because that's, he, that's, that's because he was already dead when he attacked these grunts. Notice this old wound? This is what killed him first. And like, the first time? Are you saying that these guys are goons are back from the dead? He's like, it hasn't been confirmed, but we know that Hitler's big on reusing resources. Bringing back soldiers who were already killed would provide a huge advantage. And it sounds like one of them Frankenstein movies. How the hell, how the hell, we, how the hell did they do that, Skip? I was like, well, we're not 100% sure. The autopsy concluded that based on blood tests, these soldiers had an intense serum flowing through those veins consisting of steroids, amphetamines, epidermal growth factor, which aids in the regeneration of tissue. And that's a hell of a cocktail, sir, but that's not enough to bring him back to life. I was like, well, we also found this electronic implant that connects to the brain. We suspect that these might use some sort of form of electric shock therapy to reactivate the central nervous system. These artificial impulses might keep the brain alive. It's like, cripes, whatever happened to an old-fashioned cup of joe? And then it flashes back uh, back to in the Nazi headquarters, and meanwhile in the regeneration ward, location classified. Um, Operation Regeneration has been successful, but we must increase production. Of course, Doctor, it will be difficult without supplies. Leave that to me. I need output. We'll have all the bodies you need. We'll do everything we can, Doctor. God help us all. And it shows us all like a, a massive line of um, zombie soldiers. Yeah, I'm all just sort of mulling about. Yeah. And he goes back to the briefing room and uh, you see the, the, the soldiers and they're like, to pull this off, the Nazis need fresh bodies, drugs, and heaps of electric power. This is the heart of the Nazi manufacturing of Nazi manufacturing, the central morgue is also in this vicinity. Truck seized in the area were full of either the regenerative drugs or dead Nazi soldiers. This is unusual because wartime dead are often buried crudely in mass graves, which seem to have been recently excavated. We need to find out where these soldiers become reanimated and terminate the process. And then he holds up a picture. And he said, this is Theodore Morel, Hitler's personal doctor. Find him and you'll find the operation the chances of finding Hitler are pretty good too. Morel tends to, um, Morel tends to Hitler's drug addiction, which is pronounced sometimes twice a day. This target is well beyond where Allied forces have thus far penetrated, so the mission is extremely dangerous. You go at night, aided by new technology, and they're like, "Ooh, like what?" And uh, he's like, "Soldiers always have a hell of a time communicating in battle. We wanted to solve that problem with these called handy talkies." Like a telephone, only <laughs> you can carry it around. Hold it up to your ear and press the button inside to talk. And they, like, their face, the two of the soldiers are facing each other and they push the button and it starts squealing like you know, anything got walkie talkies. <laughs> like, get further apart. So one goes outside and one stays inside. And he's like, You read me, Dozer? Sure do. He's like, Boy, that'll make it save a lot of hollering. He's like, And to help to see better at night. He's like, Oh, those are binocs. We already got those, Skipper. He's like, Uh, not ones that can do this. And they turn off the lights and it's their night vision, and which probably weren't invented yet. And I'm so going like, to say that perhaps Holy moly, were. everything is bright as day. Like, this device goes a step further and he hands him another one. He's like, this, um, this detects anything that emits heat. He's like, um, okay. Like, long round, short round, go behind that wall over there. What? And he's like, what do you see, hothead? And he's like, nothing. It's just a wall. He's like, look again. He flips on the switch and you can see both of the, 
their heat signatures behind the wall. It's like, I see him. I can see short round scratching his butt. That's what we call thermal imaging. I'd call it easy money. Like, these will help a lot, Skipper. We'll get right on it. And they uh, they start locking and loading. It's like, big pardon, sir, but you better see this ASAP. And they take him to um, the detention center where one of the uh, zombie soldiers were. It's like, looks like we caught one of those goons, sir. And they have it all locked up. And they're like, having one alive for lack of a better term, well, we'll help understand what makes it tick. It's like, well, it couldn't get too close, McCloskey. We didn't know what their capabilities are yet. Um, that guy, that ugly son of a bitch doesn't look too capable. What, wait, what's it? And then it starts bending the bars out, and they're like, uh-oh. And it uh, it bends the bars completely and, and, and lunges out and starts starts choking one of them. They all kind of attack it and start attacking it. And they're like, open it up, open up on it. And they start shooting and nothing happens. And finally you shoot it in the head, obviously you shoot it in the head and it, and it, and it goes down. I'm like, dang, that was only just one guy. Boys, if Hitler's got a whole dang army of these, we're in trouble. And then it flashes to a regeneration ward and, uh, it shows something sit like, you know, another one sitting in the bed. You don't know what it is. And it's like a big gash on its head and, uh, all sorts of needles and tubes in its arms and a glowing, a glowing elixir of some sort. And the, and the, the, the gigantic fissure on this thing's head to like seals itself up. Yeah, it kills it. And it pull, pulls the needles out and it opens its eyes. And, uh, and it says, each label wielder. So I don't, I don't know who it's supposed to be, but like it, all the, uh, a bunch of Nazi brass and some nurses are standing, just watching it happen. And so no time like the present brought to you by Bruce Campbell, which is pretty cool. He's writing a comic. I didn't know you. I don't know if he has before or not. Well, but, you know, it's cool. It says New York Times bestselling author and Bruce Campbell. So I don't know what. Because he wrote his chins could kill like his, his books about life in Hollywood. Right, but I think he might have written something else, too. I'm Maybe. Not sure. I mean, I know he wrote those two books, like If Chins Could Kill and, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember what the other one's even called now. I have a copy of it at home. I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, but he's written those two books. I know one of them, at least one of those wound up on the bestseller list for a little while. So I assume that's what they're referencing, but I guess I never really researched to see if he's done other comics or not. Are you got a score for that book there, Josh? Um... I like it. I give it a four. Um, but just because of what it is, like it's, you know, like going into it, knowing the story, knowing like you're not, it's, it's written well for what it is. Um, the art's clean and simple. I like that too. Sometimes like if the art's too rough, I don't like it. Or if they try to go too much, like but it was just, it was just right for what it was. I think the tone um, for it matches. Yeah. I'm with you. The tone uh, for it. Yeah. I like that. I give the it style a- is kind of simple, but it's like got a, horror story feel to it. Yeah. I'll give it a four. I like it. Cool. Uh, Mr. Brown, what do you know about the, uh, the Sergeant Rock? I was going to give it a two and a half because it's not really my bag, but um, <clears throat> I, I <laughs> reading through it, I really liked how they um, talked about using an electric magnetic kind of something onto the back of the brain in order to get those synapses firing again. I thought it was a really cool explanation of how a zombie would work. Um, the Walking Dead, I think, at least in the show, I've never read um, that particular issue that talks about the CDC um, 
figuring out how the brain worked for zombies is probably the best explanation again in the show that I've ever heard of for a zombie working. And that's just those synapses that work for your, you know, medulla oblongata or whatever the lizard brain are still firing and the rest of it's not this way. I thought was a really, really smart um, way to describe that. So um, I, I give it a three. It was fine. Right on. Uh, I, yeah, I give it a four too. I, I liked it also. Like I book wise. I, I feel like the, the whole package of it fits really good together for what it is. Because I feel like the art's got kind of a Mike Magnola look to it, even though it's it's not Magnola at all. But the style of story fits with what was going on. So I looked up that thing about the night vision goggles, 1939. And the first reported of it was actually Germans using it, and apparently they equipped a batch of tanks with them. Wow. There you go. So like as a thing, I would have never thought it was that early. But yeah, that's the only reason I looked. But yeah, 1939, apparently the first reported night vision goggles so like technology wise i mean i the thermal energy thing i couldn't even i you know didn't go any farther but i thought that was pretty neat and i don't know anything bruce does I, i'm a fan of it just because it's bruce sure so i think he's great i love that cover and i mean i think it's gary frank that did the cover it's awesome yeah so i give it a four as well like it's it's really cool it's it's, it's a short story and it's coming out during halloween so awesome well, as far as books, I think that's all we have for books. Uh-huh. Um, so we got an interview with uh, Ben Temple Smith, who's another fellow who's no no uh, stranger to uh, horror style art. I mean, this is a man who did Thirty Days and Nights and a whole slew of other things. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, so we'll go and run that for you. This is an interview from uh, Denver Comic Con 2022, and uh, we'll be back here in just a second. Hey guys, this is Steve at South Life Comics Podcast here at uh, Denver Fan Expo 2022, and I am here with... Barbara Streisand. (laughs) Am I? Who am I? I hate saying my own name, because it's like, I don't like pimping myself though. It might surprise people, but I hate the sound of me saying my own name. Like, Like, who am I to even declare myself as anybody? You say my name. The fantastic Ben Templesmith. No, just, just the first, just the name is fine. Mr. Ben Templesmith, Mr. Ben, That's Ben. Like, yeah, you could have left the fantastic out. We don't know that yet. We don't know <laughs> the fantastic is true. Okay. But I appreciate you greatly. Okay. All right. Well, Ben, how, man, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Like, how, no. You don't choose art, my friend. Art chooses you. It's an urge. You drew as a child. You created. Why did you stop? That is the question. We do this because our urges compel us. It is an addiction to following our creativity. And we're very lucky to make money, you know, a life doing it. Because not everyone does. So most people give up and they do other things. But everyone starts as an artist when they're a child. And most people give it up. So you're asking me the wrong question. I never chose anything. You chose to stop. The end. That's the way that goes. Man, wow. That's very I profound. Told I told you. These, I, this is how I would answer questions. <laughs> it's profound, sir, and I appreciate well, it. I know. You've got to think about these things, and they're like, it's true. Tell me I'm wrong. I love being proven wrong. I love debate. So, yeah, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I can't argue with you with that. I oh, mean, yeah. as far as a thing, it is, if you were drawn to it, then it is what you were drawn to. You remember you, would, you drew as a child or in school when you were young, sure. right? Younger years. And slowly, most people stop. Am I wrong? No, that's true. So why did you give it up? 
not everyone here obviously did give it up. Some people still do it as a hobby or a passion. So. Well, true. I mean, I, I, I draw things too. I'm, yeah, yeah, you might still be an artist. So yeah, you, you haven't stopped. But most people have. So I, the, yeah, that, the question goes the other way. Is it, that is an interesting way to spin the, the question on the world. I like that. It's a truth bomb, man. It's truth. Hmm. I think it's truth. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I... Well, in, in your art, you do a, you do a lot of different mixed media stuff. Like what, as far as like style, like where do you get your? Uh, I, I don't know. All this stuff comes from your mind, and so what you just do. But I well, mean, sometimes I'm following a script or something. You know, yeah, I just come up with stupid shit. I mostly come up with really stupid shit. <laughs> but I have fun doing it, and it's what I'd like to do. I like to have fun, so most of my work isn't terribly serious. But I like to be horror still dark I have a very dark sense of humor which is not exactly uh, popular these days in a lot of ways I will I'm sure I'll get in trouble at some point for a, a bad joke or something I once drew the Pope masturbating to a boy love magazine <laughs> oh and they God. still printed it I'm like are you guys gonna st well okay I'm not banned yet good oh man but we all know the Catholic Church has a huge pedophile problem so right. it's, it's hardly hardly risque for me to point that out so Oh my God. Sorry, I'm not Catholic. No, I mean, I'm, I am neither, so... I it wouldn't matter if you were. I mean, more power to you believing what you believe. Sure. Just stay away from them young boys, them choir boys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I mean, as far as, uh, okay, so art-wise, everything else that you do, what is it, uh, what do you got, do you have a project to work on now, something coming up that we can look I for? Have many things I'm meant to be working on right now. I'm meant to be working on some fish kill with Dan Fogler. Have you heard of him? Yes. Oh, you know I, I love Dan. Yeah, he's great. Please explain to the audience who he is. So Dan Fogler, not the one being an actor, he's also a director, writer, he makes a bunch of comic books. Um, you probably know him best from, uh, well, okay, either from Fantastic Beasts or from Fanboys, where he's the Han Solo in Fanboys. The Walking Dead. Or The Walking Dead, which is more recent. So, yeah, Dan's a... Dan Zan's an awesome dude, but I mean, I guess best, probably best known for being an actor. So you you want to work on some fish fish kill or fish kill? Fish kill. Fish kill. Right. It's cool. Fish kill. It's a uh, it's one volume out already. He wants me to do more, so I got to start on that. I do my own stuff constantly through my fan club called TheSquidArmy.com. I'm always working on my own thing there, right. slowly, and then I I print my own books. So like these are exclusive things you can't get anywhere else. And I'm starting to do more crowdfunding as well. Man, I have a lot of little projects I'm into do. Alright. Well, you guys put out the first uh, Fish Kill. brand new things, though. First Fish Kill came out from uh, Heavy Metal Magazine, is that right? It did. It may not in the future. It may be a different publisher. I'm not sure. They were kind of slightly terrible. Their online store apparently had a lot of complaints. They used a third party to ship, and they didn't ship, so... Oh, weird. I don't know. I'm out of that. I just do the drawings. Right, right, yeah. If it's my deal, then I know what everything's doing. <laughs> Right, right. But I don't know. It'll be up to Dan and uh, Dan and Co. Well, as far as things in the world, I mean, he's Dan's. I mean, he's got a bunch of stuff going on with The Walking Dead still but, for a yeah, minute. But you asked me what I'm working on. Yeah. As in, it hasn't come out yet. Well, I mean, I was looking for anything future-wise. What My to look brand for? Brand new thing is called Modir, okay. which is uh, Scandinavian for mother. And it's a Viking revenge horror story. It's a one-shot with a Huldra in it. Huldra is a mythological being of the forest. It's like a man versus nature type thing. And then uh, I just released that. It's available on, on my own store, 78squid.inc. And anywhere I'm doing a con.
It's limited to an edition of 500. See, that's more useful because that is actually out. So people could buy that if they want. Gotcha, okay. And I feel like a shameless schmuck saying all of that. But like, yeah, no, it, man, it puts, that's what I've been working when on. When people want to know things and want to be able to know what to try to get, they have, you have got, someone's got to tell them. If not you and me, then who? Did you say, if not you, then me and Hitler? I say, if not you and me, then who? Oh, okay. I it's thought you like said and Hitler. No, I'm no. like, well, I don't think Hitler needs no, to know. No, no, no. No, I don't want to tell Hitler shit, man. <laughs> I wouldn't know the truth if he... Oh, man, no, 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 oh my god. See, I'm controversial. I just brought Hitler into it. I mean, I thought I misheard you. I thought you said you and me and Hitler. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. So at least start with Mussolini. Oh my gosh, man. Oh my gosh. Am I getting you banned yet? No, you, I don't. I mean, I'm not really sure how exactly that, you not know. Not into fascism in the slightest. Are you into fascism? No, not at all. I mean, I do like the Hydra logo, but not their ideology. No, it's the thing, it's like. I actually did a paper in a university on uh, basically the, the aesthetic of Nazis. And, like, they always look cool. And that's like, you can see that in Star Wars. That's why they took it, they riffed on Star Wars. Uh, you had Hugo Boss and proper designers designing all the uniforms and stuff. It's crazy. They looked good, but the, and the Allies looked bad. So the, that's true. And like, I always like Cobra versus G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. I love the Vipers and all their uniforms and stuff. The bad guys always look cool. And like Imperial and shit like that. Because they just, it emanates power. I just wish the Allies would have used some of that more. But like, ah, come on, look like buff, strong dudes. And no, uh, they yeah, they had purely functional equipment. But it did the job, man, and we beat the Nazis. I mean, that's true. I, yeah, I did a whole study on this in university. Wow. So. I mean, you bring up the uh, G.I. Joe outfits, and it's true, Cobra always looked cool. Yeah, always. I mean, I'm obviously not American, so I never just understood G.I. Joe. I was just like, I like the cool guys who have the uniforms, and they all call Vipers. Are you kidding me? They're like, that's cool as hell. <laughs> they lost me with the Cobra shit, uh, the uh, snake people weird stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. The movie gets kind of out of control. But I was a huge Mad Max fan, so I actually started with the Dreadnoughts. I thought Dreadnoughts were like the oh, yeah, yeah. Mad Max level shit. Yeah. No, for sure. And they have a very Mad Max look about all of them, actually. See, I'm not totally insane. I have some taste. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? Radiohead Creep. Yeah, karaoke good. doesn't really serve my kind anymore. <laughs> it's all for the teeny boppers, which stuff I've never heard of in my life. Yeah, I think about that is to bring back whatever song you like, and that way you get to enjoy it. Uh, the stuff I, I vaguely could sing when drunk is nowhere near available anymore. <laughs> Sad, it's depressing. Oh, man. All right, well, if you were stranded on a deserted island and you only take five items with you, what five items would you take? Well, five items, they would each be five items that could take another five items in them. So, several back, several backpacks. I don't know, uh, a large piece of plastic tarp. Um, uh, some sort of cooker with a little bit of gas. Is that one thing or two? One thing. Uh, pocket knife, like utility knife thing. Yeah, yeah. Some stored canned goods. Is it one can or like what? A box? I'm going to say like a case. Sure. I don't know. But you need the, the plastic tarp because you can get the water condensation and make fresh water. Right. Although you could just boil seawater as well. Oh, and a fishing line. I don't know. <laughs> I don't plan on being on an island ever. No, no. It's I'm understandable. a mainland guy, man. 
Then it's Aussie, so we'd be in the desert more likely. Oh, it's true. Uh, so okay. That's why you need the plastic tarp. Put that out at night, and then collect the uh, condensation for the morning, and that's your fresh water. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so if you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride lived it? Lived in Fantasyland? Yeah. Oh, so Winona Ryder is my uh, girlfriend then. Oh, okay. Well, Winona Ryder from the 90s, I had a crush on her. No, it's understandable. That's my fantasy land. What's yours? I mean, well, just in general, I don't know. I'm really a Katie Lutz kind of fan. And who? Katie Lutz. She's. I don't even know who that is. Green Arrow. It's the, oh, um, I don't watch yeah. any of that. That's Sorry, I don't watch any of that. I wouldn't know any of them. I mean, it's understandable. More power to you, though. <laughs> I don't know any of these actors. Well, if you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? If I what? If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? No. It'd be messy, right? I don't like riding horses or animals of any kind. Oh. Been there, been there, done that. Do not need to ride. If they're made of chocolate, I don't give a shit. It's like it's a pony. I'm not riding that. <laughs> Hurts your legs too much, man. Stretches your muscles. I'm not a horse rider. <laughs> nearly, nearly damaged myself. So yeah. If it's my fantasy, I no way possible am I doing something uncomfortable. That's a very good point. Very good point. Well, Ben, thanks for talking with me. I appreciate it, man. You asked these questions. I answered honestly. No, that's all I wanted. That's all I asked for. Well, now you know. No, he's half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> yes, I guess that's, yeah, that's the thing. I just want to thank Ben again for taking time to sit down and chit-chat with me about views on how art is made. Again, fantastic guy, super fun. This isn't even the first time we've that we've that me and him have talked. Like years ago, we we um, both had the both had the unique opportunity to meet a man who studies and visits serial killer homes, and uh, was a guy who traded pen pal letters with uh, with uh, Helter Skelter uh, while he was in prison. And had a whole collection of art from the man because the man used to draw spiders and make spider socks. What? Socks, spiders out of his socks. What? Oh yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Who was the pen pal with him? So uh, the fella is a guy who travels a bunch of different comic cons. Um, anyway, me and Ben met in the same time one year. We were talking at the the guy who did the interview with. Yeah, me and Ben met the other fellow who is the guy who visits the uh, serial killers. Wow. Yeah. is definitely weird. Um, he had a whole book of photos with him. I've actually talked about him on the podcast before. I think the year it happened. This is like f- seven years ago. Wow. Anyhow. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, Ben apparently uh, has stayed had managed to stay in contact with the fellow. And occasionally, uh, he'll drop him a line um, about researching things. I guess the dude's in the process of writing a book now about uh, his visitings and letters. And it's wild, man. It's It's wild. Anyway, been great, dude. Uh, hopefully, y'all enjoyed that. Let's see from there. Uh, lesson of the day. What'd you learn today, Mister Brown? I don't want to steal yours. What'd you learn today, Josh? Forty-five. You can actually pick three good books. It's like you've never Man, been on the show before. That's not true at all. I it's, remember. It's like the first time he's yeah, been on. Here. It's been a, it's been a it's long like time. A, it's it's like been a, a long time since memory. all three books have been it's fantastic. Goldfish, goldfish memory. memory. Man, it's nah. terrible. It has been a it, it, coming it, from the crackers. It's been a while <laughs> since you picked like that all three books were like good. <laughs> I always welcome you guys to pick things too. You did you did pick good two three very, very good books. All right. All, so if that's what you good. learned, Tyler Brown, what'd you learn today? The the night vision thing, obviously. I don't know, yeah, it's it's good. I also learned that because I looked it up. 
you know, because I was interested. That's the one I didn't want to steal from you. No, that's good. That's all right. We can both learn the same thing. It's fine. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I did also learn that, you know, if, if you're working guard duty, that the thing about it that sucks is it's boring. Sure. So, I mean, that's clearly a thing to learn. And Oh, I learned about Boom Boom. That, that yeah, I didn't know anything about Boom Boom. Oh, I, sure, yeah. And I like her a lot. She's very quick, very witty. Yeah. I mean, I also learned that Mary, maybe Harry Potter's broken because there's a really easy way to fix the problem. Sure, yeah. You can you can kill <laughs> wizards mean, with a 9mm. If, if that's the case... It's good to know. I mean... We are prepared for war, sir. Man, I feel like we all learned that. That yep. was like group effort while we were off the cast. So awesome. Man. It was so awesome. I mean, I think that if they're expecting it, they could probably put something up sure. to stop bullets. Yeah, yeah. But like... If they're just standing there and you just snipe them, I just, you know, like if somebody was just on a tower in Hogwarts, I don't know if Voldemort would have been a stop a bullet. No, I don't think so either. Especially if he's not. I don't know if a protection charm protects against like a flying piece of like a right. lead just flying I mean, through the air. That's a good air. question. Well, it's the same thing. Let's say he's next, standing next to a tornado and a, 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 a an RV drops on his head. You know, he can't, you know. A force of nature or something like that. I don't know if a charm would necessarily. St- I think it just like just like you're saying. I think it protects you from magical things, yes, but not necessarily physical things. Same thing with Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, obviously, physically, he's you know. I mean, can be tossed around. That's and a good question. I mean, clearly, Darmom killed him over and over again with with random things. Right, that's true. So it wasn't for the time spell in the mm-hmm. first movie. I mean, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good. So it's an interesting lesson to learn, everybody. Yeah. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Exactly. Uh, you guys got any books to watch? I don't have a comic book to watch, but I have a novel to watch. Okay. I'm reading Heat 2. If anyone's a fan of Heat. Yeah, in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Written by Michael Mann. Uh, apparently, it's already been greenlit for a film. I'm not sure how they're going to do that because it goes back and forth, but uh, I'm a huge... I love that film. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I'm actually going to go home and watch Guyver and then... Uh, Start reading heat. There some you more, go. Some more. I only got a couple books that I think will be neat coming up. I mean, there's going to be another Power Ranger TMNT crossover coming out from uh, Boom Comics, so five part miniseries. Uh, it's uh, Ryan uh, Parrot writing it. So a good writer wrote, wrote a lot of um, Power Ranger stuff, and he's got a whole batch of books over there at Image now with a uh, Radiant Black and all that. Anyway, the guy's good. Uh, artist on it is Dan Mora. And that dude is fantastic. He's been doing a lot of variant covers over at DC. So I think it'll be really cool to see him doing a, a set of interiors with the, with the Rangers and the Turtles, because he's fantastic. Like, he's so good. So I think that'll be really cool. Uh, there's a book coming out called Hexware. Uh, it's being written by Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley, another writer that I like, and an artist I like when he draws things. Uh, it's a six-part miniseries. And it's like a sci-fi magic deal with the devil kind of book. Uh, they've got like, gosh, if, you, if you're near a store, or even if you get online, if you look at Previews World, there's like six pages of art they have up for it. And we are dealing with a family that has a daughter that um, it winds up in the hospital and is dying. And their robot maid figures that, well, if she makes a deal with the devil, maybe she can save the girl. So it's, uh, I don't know, it, it looks really cool. And the idea, I think, is a neat idea. So um, I think that'll be cool. Who's the robot maid in the Jetsons? Rosie? Rosie. Rosie. So I think that would be cool. Uh, Then there's another one I think is neat, and I think it's going to probably really be more of a love story, to be honest, but the initial write-up doesn't give that idea, but it's got a great title. Uh, Once once Upon a Time at the End of the World. 
Uh, it's being written by Jason Aaron. It is coming out also from Boom Comics. And it's about two, uh, two young folks, um, that are currently trying to survive through the apocalypse and the end of the world. Um, the couple of test pages for it, artwise look really cool too. Um, Jason Aaron's great. I mean, he's written a lot of Thor, whole batch of Avengers, batch of Star Wars. Awesome. Like, I like, I like majority of what he writes. I like. So, um, I think that'll be cool. So a couple of them from Boom, one from Image. Uh, as far as books to watch, I mean, if you haven't got Vanish already, I'd say go ahead and get it because it's it's great. I mean, it's super entertaining and the art is great. And as far as the story, I mean, it's it's got a pretty neat spin on things. So I say that guy too. Is DC doing anything for Gotham Knights? You've heard about Gotham Knights, right? The uh, video game. Yes. Uh, there's a batch of variant covers that were happening. I think there's a comic book actually too. I I, I thought there would be. Because that's uh, October 28th, I think. There is. There's a comic book that has... It's going to have digital codes kind of the way they did um, Fortnite. I want to say for items in the game. And I don't... I remember reading a little bit about that, but I'm I'm not abreast of it right this second. So um, it's something that's happening. And I feel like the digital content thing is part of that series. But it's a a mini-series as well. Okay. Um, But I I feel like there was like... I think the first write-up said there was a digital code to give you a different color costume for Nightwing... And some type of item. Um, anyway, it, it reminded me of what they did with Fortnite, except sure. you know, Batman flavored for the Batman series. Have you checked out any of that Gotham Knight stuff? I haven't. Like other than just a few pictures that have showed up in the costumes, which they all look cool. I'm I'm indifferent because it's the same. It's WB Montreal who made Arkham Origins, which was so different and sold a lot of. Um, this isn't about Joker, this isn't about Joker, and then it ended up being about Joker. Right, <laughs> I was yeah, like yeah. super bummed. Misleading um, stuff. Yeah. Especially because they were like, oh, Black Mask is the main villain. I was like, yes. Um, but I'm waiting. I'm, I think reviews will probably be around the 14th. I'm not 100% sold yet. Now, speaking of other things that were Batman flavored, we are going to get another Batman uh, Spawn crossover. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I have the I have the first one. But Frank Miller, yeah. Frank who did, Miller who did it with Frank? So it's Frank Miller and Tom McFarlane. That's who the first one. Uh, there's two actually. There's the DC one, and then there's the Image one. I have the Image one. So the Image one is, uh, I think, called War Stories. Yes, and it's a. Uh, it was it was the one that happened second, but as far as stories are concerned, that uh, it's been 20 years since we've had. Yeah, it's been a while. A crossover with the two, and so now the two of them are being reunited, but it's in a way of the. So the the, the short pitch for the story is that the Court of Owls have uh, managed to get contact to spawn and convince spawn to come after batman hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what that really is but yeah it's great capullo working on it with todd um i think there was another name in there but i don't remember uh but i mean if, if you're if you're akin to any of that it should be fantastic and if you never read the first ones it won't it won't matter because they're separate stories they're also really short they are yeah yeah it's a it, mini series style so they're, they're good yeah i think they'll be really cool i mean anything greg draws is amazing so mm-hmm. Him doing old school Spawn and Batman should be great. So that's one more book to watch. Spawn Batman. Anything else? Any action figure updates? Anything like that? Um, if you see it out in the wild, I have one. Um, you're not gonna be able to find it because Target never stocks anything cool, but the uh, new Usagi Teens Me Ninja Turtles um, from NECA came out finally. It's a sweet figure. Pretty incredible figure if you like Usagi Jimbo. Um, no, it's great. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, there's been some quite a, quite a few cool figures of him over the years, but this one's probably the best one uh, by far. You said it's the most accurate too. It's like Absolutely. super, yeah, super the, accurate. They did one a couple years ago. 
Um, that's pretty solid, but this one's by far the best. It's nice. Um, it's got a very fluffy looking style to it. Too. Mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. style for it is very like, it's cool. Stan had a big part in this one, I guess. I mean, he he has a pretty much a big part in everything because he owns. Right. Him. Well, that second match of figures, like the one I got you from Comic-Con, it's pretty accurate, too, but this one's just got a different, I don't know, it's got a different feel to it, man. Like, it's it's kind of big. It feels like, like a premium. Yeah. Like a premium figure, for sure, It does feel like a figure, for sure, yeah. Which is cool. I hope that, like, with the with the popularity of, like, the TV show on Netflix, which got, got greenlit for a second season, like, I just hope that it continues, like, because it's such a cool character, like, and I know that, like, the... The cartoon on Netflix isn't the same, Usagi. He's a, like a descendant. Yeah. He's a descendant, but I don't know. Like, he, it's such a rad idea. And it, like, teaches people, like, if when you're reading it, like, it just gives you so much, like, Japanese culture history. Like, it's, it's such a cool thing. I, I just, I, and Stan seems like such a cool human being. I know you've been to a couple times, CBS, but, oh, yeah. like, but just, like, just anytime I read anything or anything, he just, he just seems like such a rad person and, like, he just cares about his, his property, you know, like, and it just puts so much into it. Like I've just, I've always been, I've always been a fan, but. Oh yeah, for sure. I heard he's moving again. That's what they made it sound like. Like he's relocating with it, the, with the, the second wife whose name I should know, but don't know. No, no, no. Like he's moving the book again. Oh, location wise. No, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about I that. I saw that the other days. Um, IDW's definitely having things change over there. I mean, as far as moving properties around, I mean, he went from dark horse to IDW and, IDW's recently had some contract, uh, some contract properties not renew. I mean, Jejo is going to hit issue 300 and that's going to be the end of it. Um, which they're doing a super cool, like, <sighs> the art's not as sharp as what I normally like, but it's not bad. It's a double spread cover front with and back all the with all the characters. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Uh, but 300 is supposed to be the last issue of the All American or the Real American Hero line, which is the one that continued off of the original series from marvel so two different companies making the f- same series uh but that one's ending and then makes it sound like transformers is ending too so as far as a thing that's two properties that they won't be doing and book wise we always says star wars leave and move back over to dark horse so we have a uh, star wars adventure they're doing a storyline right now called hyperspace um set kind of in the clone wars and anyway it it's like the the, the star wars adventures is what it basically is just now over dark horse so I guess it wouldn't surprise me, um, but I haven't seen anything for it, um, not not yet at least. So I guess we'll see. Actually, all I had though. All right. right on, right on. Well, um, thanks for listening. Socials and whatnot. Uh, Forty-five. What? Insta world? Huh? Your Instagram. Oh, Wendell24. Mr. Brown? K-A-Z-A-M-A-K-I-L-L-E-R. If you don't know what that means. Because I'm a killer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, Tekken 8 got announced the other day. Super excited about that. Same fancy. Super excited. Gin was everywhere. It was good stuff. Uh, I'm Top 5 Comics CBS on the Instagram or Top 5 Comics Podcast. Uh, And we have one for the store also, Top 5 Comics. Uh, So pictures of conventions and drawings and stuff. So, I mean, everybody needs more follows, right? That's Absolutely. That's what people are told. Anyway, um, Taki? Taki! Oh, speaking of Taki's, they're going to be a Kamen Rider four-part miniseries coming out from, uh, oh gosh, now I can't remember the name of the company. It's the British one. They did, oh 
That's bad. Blade Runner. Titan Comics. Titan Comics is doing a four-part miniseries for Cameron Rider. Covers are awesome. The two interior pages look cool, too, but it's just two interiors, so we'll see. Anyway, the key? The key. The key. Tommy.